Hey everybody, this is Brad Bruce and I'm with Jace Marsiglia. And you are listening to the 5195 Podcast and this is episode 7. Yes sir. And as promised, we're going to go into the 80s. Alright. We're going to do that. We're going to make good on this and uh, we're going to get into some real pop culture shit here today and for both of us, being children of the 80s, this was a very influential decade for us. Very. Very influential. Yeah. And not just horror. No. Um, Across all genres. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people, like my parents, probably your parents, you tend to gravitate towards what you liked as a kid. Even as an adult and having watched movies from all decades, you know, movies from 100 years ago even, I've watched a lot of silent stuff. The 80s is still just better, I think. And I get, I think the 80s gets a lot of shade. I think the 80s is, granted, there's a uh, a resurgence of 80s pop culture nostalgia products we're we're losing the goldbergs after 10 years netflix had glow there just there's several several movies that take place in the 80s several tv shows that take place in the 80s there's comic books that are readapting 80s like look at how big masters of the universe has gotten again even the toys yeah the 80s just left an indelible mark on pop culture, and as much as a lot of people like to thumb their nose at it because it was a decade of excess, I think I think it's looked at as a garish, over-dramatic, over-colored, over-everything decade because it was. You know, this was the Reagan decade. This uh-huh. was greed is good. This is live to the fullest, spend that money. There's a lot of reasons why people resent the 80s, and there's a lot of reasons why people think the 80s are kind of just an annoying decade where everyone just went fucking bonkers and colorful and weird. And and I personally, I could see all those points, but I can also see how all of those negatives influenced a lot of fucking positives, man. Uh-huh. And I, there's no question why the 80s left such a mark because we're revisiting it 40 years later. There's obviously an interest. A whole new generation is just like, I could tell you, honestly, my daughter, Madeline, she's 15. Her favorite decade is the 80s because she's just like, I love the music. Some of my favorite movies are 80s movies. She goes, I would get up early before school and watch like Golden Girls and stuff like that. And I've even gotten her into stuff like Cheers, Night Court. Alf is one of her favorite shows. These were all things from the 80s. She she'll watch stuff from today you know she's i've i've really cultured my kids i i show them everything you know every decade and yeah there's there's times where maddie she's grown out of it but like jacob my youngest if it's black and white it's not fun if it's black and white it's not it's it's not shiny enough an object for him to gravitate to but maddie was like that too i was like that they'll get over it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like maddie my daughter she's she's all about like she loves the idea of trapper keepers uh-huh. and, you know, just she's just like, I can't believe all the movies you got to see at the theater as a kid. And and she's also she's cultured enough. I know I'm bragging right now, but my parenting skills, but she's cultured enough to have paid attention to the movies to go. This was PG. Yeah. And those of you out there who grew up in the 80s know what I mean by that. PG cast a wide net in the 80s. She'll watch a movie that's got tits, cocaine, gore, and be like, you know, PG today means like kid stuff, dad. You know, that's mm-hmm. a safe zone movie where anyone can go. Mm-hmm. Parental guidance suggested... But there's stuff in 80s movies that you and I grew up watching that wouldn't even fly for a PG-13. No, no way. It would be – I can think of several movies that would be a hard R today. Yeah. But we're past as PG. Yeah. And we're going to get into some of those. But this this episode, we're just kind of going to wax nostalgic about that decade and why it was so important to us. Which – so, I mean, obviously – what older episodes we've done, you know, back when we were kind of letting you guys know who we were. Obviously, Brad and I talked about movies like Creep Show, um, E.T. 
we we really went into the movies that really Raiders of the Lost Ark. Those are the ones that got us into movies. Uh, Brad, after E.T. blew your mind in 82. Where did you go? Did E.T. make you run to the video store and start looking for other movies that were like E.T.? Did you go like on a sci-fi bender for a while? Did, no, you-, you know what? Because even at that age, I didn't know that it was sci-fi. And it's kind of not. I mean, I think we I think we appreciate that movie as just a kid's movie, a kid's adventure. Yeah. But it's a sci-fi movie, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it is. It is a sci-fi movie, for sure. Um, you know what's funny is, like, after that, it was a lot of comedy. I remember being a huge fan of Three Amigos. Oh, yeah. Yep. And just the impact that that had, because mm-hmm. it was, like, my humor. Yeah. And I was, like, you know, I got it, and it's I loved it. It's incredibly stupid. It, yeah. And it, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> it, it, it exists in its elegance because yeah. of how stupid it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it, obviously, it was the 80s. Yeah. You know? So, it was, like, it was just new. The mm-hmm. stuff, All this stuff was new. I didn't know what it would become. Right. You know, so it was just, it was normal to me, you know? Well, here's the thing. We talked about this off the air, mm-hmm. how the 70s was really grit and grime. We were in Vietnam. The Manson murders had just occurred just prior to the 70s. There were still race riots, Watergate. There was a lot of negatives in the 70s. So the movie culture reflected it. Even the music was very, I don't want to say negative. You think of something like What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. We were questioning authority in that decade. It was just kind of somber. 80s, it almost felt like a victory party. Okay, we got over the hard. Let's have fun. And I feel like the 80s wasn't so much an agenda decade as it was, what's the what's the word I'm looking for here? I do this every episode. A high concept Okay. decade because you and i have talked and thought about the ideas that were thrown at the wall in the 80s that were approved greenlit would be laughed out of a studio today there's, there's no way like it's ridiculous not that it's a bad movie but if someone had it never happened if someone had have pitched killer clowns from outer space oh my god today yeah no no way. It wouldn't happen. No. It would not happen. We wouldn't know who the Kyoto brothers even exactly. are. Exactly. But even though it has been made and now it's paved the way for several other films. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Which it's, it's, it's crazy. And I think it's like the 80s were also like, it's okay to just enjoy yeah. movies again. Yes. You know? Yes. It's, it's, it's okay. Because to we, just have fun. Because we kind of kicked your ass in the 70s. Definitely. You know what yeah. I mean? And it, I, wasn't, I wasn't old enough to really like deal with that. Or understand that. Sure. Even though they were still creeping around when I was starting to watch movies. My new new release wall was Evil Dead, Poltergeist, you know, Day of the Dead. Right. You know. And that's what I was going to say was, even for someone like me who my youngest years were in the 80s and I may not have been fully cognizant of everything that was going around me. I wasn't. Yeah. uh, All that was left is what you had. Because you might have been too young to enjoy the new stuff from the 90s, but the stuff from the 80s was readily available. Mm-hmm. 80s music wasn't considered oldies yet. Right. They were still hits as we passed into the 90s. So a lot of the ideals from the 80s may have fizzled out as the 90s came in, but it was kind of all we had in the fridge. So for kids like us, you go to the video store and you wanted to watch a movie the 80s stuff was still kind of fresh and you were able to go, I wanted to see that. Or, you know, you pick up a videotape and you look at the back and you're like, oh, this came out in the 80s. This looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know. and Oh, the, the, and those box The box are so oh my God. good. We, they can't touch it today. No. The only thing today that even matches are boutique studios that contract an artist to create new artwork for like a slip cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and if you think about it, those people- that are running it and doing it, mm-hmm. they're our age, and, and it, they're recapturing the past. It's a nostalgia button. Yeah. Because, let's face it, once the 90s hit, nothing against like Scream or Dimension or any of that, posters and cover art started turning into that like uh, five-card draw of faces, and that was it. Mm-hmm. The silhouette of a killer. Yeah, the silhouette of a killer. Yeah. You know, here's your five main characters 
folded out like you know like mm-hmm. a poker hand mm-hmm. uh you know to me like the faculty and yeah. phantoms and yeah. all that mostly the dimension line was really notorious for it kind of using the same same, same format. formula over and over and over yeah, yeah but it was like in the 80s you got like drew struzan who was making these epic fucking posters and the posters would be shrunk down to the tape you know what i mean like there was no question that what i saw at the theater this is it right on video it's yeah. the same artwork i just feel like the 80s celebrated it more you know they i mean definitely did and it's sad because there's some i remember being disappointed one of the 80s movies that i just adored as a kid was harry and the hendersons okay my vhs tape was kind of a goofy picture of the station wagon with the head popping up with the head popping up and him smiling out a window and the family being like you yeah, know yeah when I saw the actual poster for Harry and the Hendersons, I'm like, why the fuck didn't they use this? Yeah. This is awesome. You know, Way and, better. And I believe that was a Struzan too, wasn't it? I think so. I think, I think it was so. pretty simple. It was like his eyes and he's holding a flower or yeah. something, you know? Yeah. But it was like, man, I mean, it was just, you got what you paid for back then and they paid for it. They yeah. were like, we're going to get the best artists, even cheap horror movies, lurid cover art that was... You know, it look. <laughs> I used to call certain ones, especially the more low budget ones, carnival art, yeah. because it looked like this kind of spray painted art on the side of like a horror ride or mm-hmm. a dark ride. So I mean, even those were kind of fun because they looked cheap and dirty and gross, and mm-hmm. you were just like, I gotta rent this. This looks fucked up. Pieces. I love pieces, and it's just. The fact that they leaned into the tagline, it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Fucking brilliant. I love that. So it's just one of those deals where even even if you didn't have a Drew Struzan or something like that, you could have a cover like The Fog that's just a hand coming through a door and Jamie Lee Curtis looking scared. Time and effort went into that. They didn't just put mist mm-hmm. and then a couple of faces, which they did eventually yeah. re-releases. Because well, those just, tones match the film. Yes. It's just one of those deals where... Um, I don't know. I feel like even looking back now, the 80s really wanted you excited about movies. You're right, because it was just nonstop. It was. And it was across all genres. Yes. They were doing that. Yes. You know? So, yeah, I was, I don't know. I was I was super, like, just sponge. Yeah. You know, on, on all the movies. Like, I think the, the biggest thing in the 80s for me was getting my first video membership. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, being able to just ride my bike to the video store. Rent my stuff. You had the keys to the candy store. Exactly. Man, you, know? you know, there was nothing better than that. You know, getting a pizza, heading home, and like, All right. there's my Friday night. Yep, my day. And it was nothing better than that. Nothing. No, and it you know. sounds funny because, yeah, you sound like a homebody. And yet, at the time, that's not what it felt like. Right. This was the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to grab these fucking movies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat some fun junk food. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to enjoy two hours of just fun you know what i mean yeah i look back at the early 80s there was still some residual depression i still think one of the most one of the saddest things that come out of the 80s was like the finale to mash which just destroyed everybody Mm -hmm. but what was that 82 83 maybe Mm -hmm. so early on but that was still that was still a product of the 70s and still dealing with war yeah. and drama and sadness. And that was some heavy TV. For sure. But yeah. then that would go off and you'd have fucking bosom buddies with Tom Hanks about cross-dressing roommates. Uh, Perfect Strangers with Balky and his bad English, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just, it was fun and it was such a wide variety of fun. That you know, it was just something to look forward to. It was. It was like a, a gathering because it was like you could go to school and you knew that everyone was doing it as well and, oh, and yeah. watching it, so you could talk about it. You, if there was a funny line or something, you would say it, and everyone mm-hmm. got what you oh, were yeah. talking about. Yep, absolutely. You know, and it's and another thing too was like they had something that they really don't have today, and that was you had to wait till next week to see it. Oh yeah. Instead yeah. of just I'm gonna binge watch a season today. Yeah, I'm going to knock through it and just get to the end. The 80s ushered in must-see TV. You remember that? I, of course I remember that. And I that. remember must-see TV. You know, and a lot of a lot of our younger listeners will probably, if they remember it at all, because I don't even know if it still exists. I'm not sure. Uh, if they remember it, that was like the Friends era. Mm-hmm. Friends, Will and Grace, a couple others, Seinfeld, you know, stuff like that. But in the 80s, it was uh, Family Ties, 
Cheers, Night Court, or you know, TGIF, you had Full House, Perfect Strangers, Mr. Belvedere, Just the Ten of Us, which had a ton of Elm Street alumni in, you know, stuff like that. And it was just so much fun. And if you wanted drama, you had Hill Street Blues, you had St. Elsewhere, uh, Magnum P.I., mm-hmm. you know, Miami Vice, holy fuck, Michael Mann, that guy owned the 80s. These were all high concept, polished, pastel goodies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Miami Vice in particular, we started incorporating pop music. You know, nobody our age doesn't remember In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins and that first Miami Vice and how mm-hmm. cool that fucking was. Because shows didn't license music. Right. You know, that just wasn't a thing. Miami Vice was just like, dude. It's MTV with cops. Yeah, it was something And it new. was like, fuck yeah. And I think it was one of the first ones to actually even have a soundtrack. It was. I remember my soundtrack. My dad had the vinyl. Yeah. And the th- like the first track was the theme song. Yeah, Glenn Fry was on that. Glenn you know, Fry. Yeah. Oh, You Belong to the City. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So fucking good. Uh-huh. But it was just one of those deals where, like, I know, I know we're probably mostly talking about movies, but it is a pop culture show. Yeah. Uh, that ushered in a whole different way of doing television yeah you know episodic episodic yeah cliffhanger yeah and now we're incorporating the shit you're hearing on the radio yeah because miami vice wasn't a set on a soundstage no they were real life locations location scouting yeah big crane shots helicopters very cinematic and not just that but made in such a sleek Mm -hmm. polished way Mm -hmm. and uh man you just you you could feel the you know the mist coming off the damn water down there you know what i mean yeah i mean i remember going to universal studios here in hollywood Mm -hmm. and watching the miami vice show really yeah i didn't know they had one yeah okay so it was was like an episode of all the stunts and the crazy it was like it was like the tv show coming to life in front of your face right so it was it was in tandem with stuff like what people would be used to like the what, what, what do they do today? The like water the Fast and the Furious? Yeah, or, the, or like Waterworld. They have like a Waterworld stunt show. Oh, they do. there's actors and, which is, it's cool too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's like, I know back in back in the 80s, they had like uh, the A-Team oh, like yeah. stunt show. Really? At Universal Studios. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had no like, idea. Yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. So it was cool to be able to watch it mm-hmm. and like buy the merch and the toys and then go see it live in thing. front of you. That was the thing. Everything was... A commodity. Everything yeah. was a machine. If you liked Miami Vice, chances are the next day when you were driving to work, the song that was on the episode last night, you're going to hear it driving in mm-hmm. now and it's going to remind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, your kid probably has a Miami Vice lunchbox. Yeah. You know. So, w- question. What do you think, like if you were to pick one movie, because I know we talked about Killer Clowns. Yes. Wh- you know, what do you think wouldn't fly today? Movies that wouldn't fly today? Yeah. Um, off the top of my head? airplane (laughs) and again that that not only that's not only one that i don't think would fly today that's that goes into what i was talking about airplanes pg uh there's a joke in there about a woman who fucked a horse there are two kids who couldn't be older than six drinking coffee and talking about i like my coffee black like my men an old lady doing a bump of cocaine people committing suicide because they don't want to hear this guy's life story It's hilarious if you released it today, and I'm not talking about a flashback weekend, hey, Airplane's back for the first time in 40 years. No, I mean, if Airplane didn't exist and the exact movie came out next week, it would be on national news for how offensive it is, all the things that people... I mean, come on. There were two guys in there who only spoke Jive. You couldn't do that today. And the woman who knew Jive was Cleaver's mom. Yeah. (laughs) stewardess i speak jive (laughs) it's so wouldn't fly today no i Uh -uh. mean like today and i'm and we're not easily offended guys we laugh at it Uh but this is a very easily triggered society airplane would be boycotted out of the fucking theater yeah like the next day you know what i mean and it's just to me we grew up watching this and it was so funny the people involved in it weren't offended right you know, there's a couple yeah. of black guys doing this, yeah. and they were just like, oh, that's funny, dude. Yeah. They had to have found it funny enough to come back and do it again in part two. Yeah. You know, but it was one of those deals where Airplane, 
my daughter asked to see it when she was younger, and I'm like, I don't know yet. Right. I really don't know if I should show you this one just yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, and what's crazy is how, in their minds, that was okay for 13-year-olds yes. to see it. Which is, I'm not knocking it. I think it's fucking great. No, it I is. I was glad they did. Yeah, me too. You know? But it's like, they wouldn't do that today. No. And that's sad, because I think new audiences are really missing out. They are. You know, with, are. with their decade that I think they're we, in. I think we were allowed to be a little hardened. I think we were allowed to laugh at ourselves a little more. Yeah. Which is sorely needed today. Definitely. People really need a sense of humor today. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Airplane, I think, would be canceled, if to use a millennium term. The Goonies were basically getting a bunch of kids playing Indiana Jones and a deformed man who was... The joke, the joke is that he was dropped on his head more than once by his mother. Yeah. Not funny today. Yeah. Who were actively wanting to be, they wanted to kill these kids. Yes. They were going to murder the children. Kill the kids. Uh, one of the kids is locked in an icebox with a corpse, with yeah. a bullet in the head. One of, oh, there's like a five minute sequence where they're trying to super glue a dick back onto a statue mm -hmm. that broke. Wouldn't fly. No, it wouldn't. Um, Would not. Yeah. that That's just, yeah. That, but again, these are high concept movies where they just thought, you know what? I laugh at this idea. I think everyone else will. And they did. Mm -hmm. They did. Granted, it wasn't always rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> movies like Silent Night, Deadly Night mm -hmm. drew the ire of parents all over the place. This is the decade of the satanic panic where even my grandma was like, you don't let your kid talking to my parents. You don't let your kids play that He-Man Skeletor stuff, do you? Because I saw in 2020 last night that Skeletor is a gateway entertainment toy to Satanism. <laughs> and it's like, you look back now and you're like, what the fuck? It's like Conan the Barbarian for kids. Mm -hmm. He's not killing anyone. Every episode ended with a moral. You know, He-Man says, don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, It's, it's just so funny to look back and see that even though we weren't so offended back then there were other things people were worried about that seemed so trivial they're so stupid dungeons and dragons banned because yeah. of satanic overtones well, i mean silent night was banned silent night deadly night and that was a successful band that was the one that was boycotted right the fuck out of the oh theater. yeah like i w i was taken to see it you saw it at the theater yeah by okay. my dad yeah yeah, I was taken to see the movie. And were there people outside? There were people leaving. Oh, really? Are you talking about getting up and just walking out? Yes. Okay. Then like, I wanted to go see it again. Mm -hmm. It wasn't there. It was gone. It was gone. It was gone. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny because now, 40 years after the fact, it's a cult hit. Everyone loves it. You know, it's gotten and, a new life. And here's the thing. By like comparing to other movies that came out, how do you think it holds up as far as the impact of like why it was banned? Um, that's a good question because to go to your first point, I can watch Silent Night, Deadly Night now as a parent and I'm like, you really did all this in front of a little kid? Yeah. The movie starts with severe child abuse. Yeah. <laughs> An incredibly little kid watched, I know not for real, but watched his mom get sexually assaulted and his dad shot, uh, before going to a orphanage where the nuns are tying you to the bed to keep you from i mean watching it now as an adult i'm kind of like oh you guys didn't give a fuck and it, even by the end of the movie santa gets shot in front of a bunch of orphans it was bob the janitor he's deaf and i'm like oh it couldn't be more offensive it couldn't be more offensive but to me i laugh at it to me you know it's why? comedic it's more absurd it's absurd yes than anything it's absolutely absurd and Back then, though, I understand. I do. Because that movie's kind of hardcore. It's Very hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I watch it now with new eyes. Granted, when I first saw it, I was late to the party on that one. Okay. I'd never even heard of it. That was 84. That was 84. I didn't hear about that one until I was, like, in high school in the okay. late, late okay. 90s. And it was only because I had gotten a book. And I've mentioned before the Leonard Malton book and all that. But... I was well into horror by this point, and I had gotten a trivia book that was like little capsule reviews of certain movies, but it was also like literally trivia. Like it would give you questions. 
to ask your friends, you know, things to look for in the movie. The title's escaping me. I'll come up with it later. But it went through all five Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. And out of this book, I'd seen almost everything. I want to say the most recent Nightmare on Elm Street movie was Dream Child, just to give you an idea. Okay. Um, I think maybe Jason Goes to Hell might have been in it, but you know, it didn't go very far. But by that point, five Silent Night, Deadly Night movies had been released Mm -hmm. and I'd never heard of them. I'd seen all these other ones, you know, I think the only other movie that was in there and it's, it's a seventies movie, so it's not really relevant, but the only other one that I had to hunt down was I spit on your grave. Okay. You know, because it was in a chapter about just like standalone psycho movies. But Silent Night, Deadly Night, I remember reading it. And even the guy, the author who gave the little capsule review, he'd mentioned that it had been boycotted. And it opened, I think, the same weekend as Nightmare on Elm Street. But because it was boycotted, Nightmare on Elm Street was able to flourish. The numbers Silent Night, Deadly Night brought in that weekend, we probably wouldn't be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. They said that it outperformed. Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? The fact that it was pulled from the theaters, horror fans were like, well, I guess I'll just go see the other horror movie. And it blew up. Mm. So in a multiverse, Silent Night, Deadly Night buried a Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. Funny, right? had no idea. Silent Night, Deadly Night. I go rent it. Okay. I learned about it in high school. Wanted to see it. Just never got around to it. My first year married to my wife. Uh, we're living together in an apartment. Um, I was laid off. Okay. Out of work. I'm a newlywed. We have a new place. It's Christmas time. And I'm out of a job. So I'm like, I've kind of got a fuck the world attitude right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Especially during Christmas time where happiness is just shoved in your fucking face. Mm-hmm. I drove my wife to work. She worked on midnights. And because I didn't have anything to do at night, I spent most of my day job hunting. But once everyone closes, all I had were my thoughts. Right. So I drove Amanda to work. And then I cruised to the video store because I'm like, I can't sleep. I'm too stressed. So I'm just going to grab a stack of tapes. And what I used to do was just stay up all night and then go pick her up in the morning and go to bed with her. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially on the weekends. Normalcy. Yeah. So- I'm in a fuck Christmas kind of mood (laughs) and I'm walking around and I see Bob Clark's black Christmas. I'm like, fuck yeah. Black Christmas, whatever this is. Hadn't seen that either. Yikes. Hadn't seen it. And right down the aisle from it, silent night, deadly night with that iconic poster art where he's going down the chimney with an ax. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I remember reading about this one. This one's supposed to be a real fucking you know like a real fucked up movie when you say fuck christmas you fucked christmas i fucked christmas (laughs) i was like no so i grabbed black christmas i grabbed silent night which in all fair that's like 74 yeah that's a 70s movie but silent night deadly night was part of my campaign against happiness right now because i'm just in a movie well great choice for that (laughs) yeah here's what's funny i pop in i i rented them both as a fuck christmas thing like i said yeah i watched black christmas first and it scared the fuck out of me i didn't expect that i just expected offensive christmas horror those phone calls terrifying (laughs) fucking terrifying yes and i'm I'm like jesus christ i didn't expect to be scared tonight but it creeped me out i turned it off did you really? I did. Oh, my God. And the thing is, the first couple phone calls really aren't that bad. No. It's when you start hearing animal noises and babies crying. Yeah. And it doesn't it really sound bothered human. me. It really bothered it's me. It's super creepy. Yeah. But I digress. I got to the end of that one. It was like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I was a little shook. Not what I expected. I go to Silent Night, Deadly Night, and I'm thinking, well, what is this going to do to me? Because now I'm thinking this is probably scary, too. Mm-hmm. And I got exactly what I wanted. <laughs> it was like the most gleefully offensive holiday horror film I've ever seen. Yeah. To this day. It, nothing tops it. No. Granted, Black Christmas, arguably a better film. It's a masterpiece. But if you really want a dick Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly <laughs> Night is just perfect. And it's just today. That's a shirt. <laughs> and they, 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 yeah. If you really want a dick Christmas. Uh, but basically... That was one of the 80s movies where I was like, I I remember looking at the case and going, 84? Yeah. I'm like, 
who the fuck thought this would be, you know, I just remember watching it for the first time and going, no wonder people boycotted it. This is fucked up. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and it was funny though, but it was, I, I laughed, but it was just one of those deals where I'm like, no way this would work today. There's no, no way. By that point, I think it was only 20 years old. Yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. What Like now what we're reaching 40, you know? So today you, they've remade it once. Yeah. And that was just kind of your standard slasher movie. It really did go for the throat the way that one did. But if you were to do that movie today, same script, no fucking Mm-mm. way. It would be just as notorious as it was then. Mm-hmm. And I, I fully believe that. I do too. So that's one that I think hasn't lost any impact. Yeah, you're right. It, it might be cheesier than it was when it came out just because of its age and everything. And it is, to be fair... It's made tongue in cheek. I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're being offensive yeah. on purpose and it is offensive, but they're kind of going like, we're fucking with you guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's mean spirited, but it's mean spirited. Yeah. You know, I think that was part of the magic of the eighties movies though. Cause it, a lot of them did that. They did. Yeah. There was a lot of things where they were just kind of like, I, I'm not sure that this is going to be popular, but I'm going to put it out anyway. Right. And they did. But I think the most notorious thing about the 80s was what passed for children's fair you know silent night deadly night was not made for that Mm -hmm. was an adult movie it was meant to offend adults kids were not supposed to go see that no now something like do you remember baby secret of the lost legend oh yeah about the brontosaurus yeah in like was it south africa or something Mm -hmm. this is a walt disney film this is walt disney obviously prior to jurassic park i got to admit the effects for its time are pretty fucking dope. Those dinosaurs were pretty convincing. Even now, I've rewatched it maybe a year ago. Okay. And was kind of like, huh. You know, it was just like, these. this looks like a tram ride type of thing. But it was like, okay, if you take Jurassic Park out of the equation when shit really hit the fan and dinosaurs were really scary, this works. This is pretty good. Yeah. But this movie also had Sean Young and William Cat fucking in the jungle <laughs> in a kid's movie partial nudity you know mm-hmm. like and it's cute because the little brontosaurus keeps interrupting their fucking and it's it's like a little puppy that wants in the bedroom you know mm-hmm. he's like what are you guys doing and i'm sitting here like kids went to see this mm-hmm. <laughs> is this what mommy and daddy are doing when i'm supposed to be taking a nap <laughs> but it was just like you have to remind yourself, you're like, this movie started as a Walt Disney picture. And to be honest, I haven't looked for it. I wonder if it's on Disney Plus. And if it is, I wonder if they censored it. Oh, that's a good question. Because you know about Splash, right? No. You don't know about Splash? Mm-mm. Okay. So another good segue, Splash, 1984. Arguably, would you say a family movie? Yeah. Right? Okay. I mean, just in, just in case I misinterpreted it, because it is kind of a romance, a fantasy romance, but I feel like it was made for everybody. Agreed. The movie shows Daryl Hannah's tits. It shows her ass. She gets out of the water. She's fucking naked, which leads to <laughs> probably one of my favorite exclamations in a movie of all time. She's walking up to a tour in front of the Statue of Liberty, and the tour guide, without missing a beat, says... Liberty and justice for naked women everywhere. And then he sees her and goes, Bocce balls! <laughs> Which, for about a month, I had as a ringtone. I recorded it and had it as a ringtone. You would send me a text or something, and it would be like, Bocce balls! Which was just hysterical until it was annoying. But, Daryl Hannah, if you watch the uncut version, the VHS, the DVD, whatever, you see full nudity. Mm-hmm. Obviously not the front, you know, but boobs, but obviously too much for PG. Mm -hmm. Obviously too much for a Ron Howard family film. On Disney Plus, with all the money Disney has, they did the shittiest CGI cover-up where they made her hair longer to cover her butt or her boobs. Mm -hmm. And if you watch it, you're like, you're Disney. 
you could have done this way better. Yeah. In fact, a black bar over it <laughs> would have been less noticeable <laughs> than the shitty CGI they did to make her hair look longer. It almost looked like a fur bikini, like Raquel mm-hmm. Welch, you know? But it was like, that's just proof that today they thought that was too much. Yeah. And on Disney Plus, you're not... I don't know about now. I have no idea if people wrote letters. I don't know if they took it off altogether. But if you were to watch Splash on Disney Plus at some point, you saw a really weird edited for television kind of version of it when this is a premium channel that you're paying for. Yeah. Yeah. And that just goes to show that certain things that were acceptable in the 80s. It's almost one of those deals. I forget what I was watching. It was a carryover from the 80s. But it had a new disclaimer on it saying the following program contains scenes of how did they put it? Contains scenes of something like antiquated societal norms and may be offensive to some viewers, which is basically saying you might be triggered by this, which was acceptable back then. And I don't remember what it was for the life of me. I've Hmm. seen it. Two or three times. I think one of them was, I don't know where it's streaming, but I want to say I showed one of my kids Ren and Stimpy, which was Nickelodeon, early 90s. And yeah, it was gross and it was kind of twisted. But I want to say the disclaimer was in front of Ren and Stimpy that said something about outdated societal norms. Wow. Which a kid watching a cartoon isn't going to understand. Not even the disclaimer. What do you mean outdated societal norms? In a weird way, they're basically saying we accepted this at the time, but today you might be triggered. And it's Ren and Stimpy. Granted, I'm not talking about the the reboot in the early 2000s, which was way fucked up. But the one that we grew up with in the 90s might have been the last gasp of this is acceptable for kids. And yeah, I laughed my ass off. It was just, you know fart jokes and shit and boogers and all that. That's the thing. The eighties was about pushing a weird boundary and nobody really lifting a finger. Nobody really cared. One of the most successful movies of the eighties is back to the future. A movie that when you boil it down is about a mom trying to fuck her future son. (laughs) Right? right. Yeah. And even if she wasn't and time went the way it was supposed to, She met his father because he was spying on her from a tree trying to see tits. Yeah. (laughs) Back to the Future, absolute undisputed classic. Nobody would tell you otherwise. Right. But it's kind of fucking twisted. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think another one that wouldn't fly, going with, I guess, a Christmas theme, is Gremlins. Sure. In fact. Just how violent. In fact, I'm sure you know this. A lot of our listeners might not. Gremlins and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom both came out in 84. Both one directed by Spielberg, one produced by Spielberg. Mm -hmm. Um, The ire that came from angry parents about both of those films directly led to the PG-13 rating. Really? You didn't know that? I did not know that. The PG-13 rating was born in 1984 because family-friendly Spielberg was getting angry letters from parents who... Did not like how scary Gremlins was when it was marketed as a fun family monster movie. Did not like seeing an Indiana Jones movie where satanic rituals are happening in a temple and hearts are being ripped out. Those two movies that year got so many complaints that PG-13... They called it scary? Yeah, they they Gremlins was considered too graphic. Graphic I could see. It was just for PG. They were like, this is supposed to be a kid's movie. And... It was more of a gross out for me. It kind Fun, of was. but it was a gross out. I think it was. I never got, I, I never saw it as scary. If I, if I remember correctly, I listened to the commentary with Joe Dante. Okay. I want to say the part that the studio really didn't like. The blender? The, the blender. They didn't like that. Or the microwave. Doesn't he blow up in a microwave or There's something? There's that too, too but I, lot, I, there is one in a blender that the mom a, hits. Yes. But also, they have no idea what that movie was supposed to be. Like, the original script for Gremlins was a hard R. Okay. Um, I think I knew that. Yeah. Like, Billy's dog, that adorable fucking golden retriever. (sighs) I want to say in the script at one point, I think in the movie, he's still strung up by lights hanging off the porch. Yes. 
he's dead, hung by the gremlins mm-hmm. in the original script. Mm-hmm. So it was a much darker movie, and Spielberg sort of was like, how about we lighten up? Yeah. How about we make him kind of funny? Because I, I think Joe would have went for it. Oh, Joe would have. I yeah. mean, this, no question. But Spielberg was like, I guess even Gizmo was supposed to be a gremlin. Okay. He was supposed to change with the rest of them. Okay. The, and Spielberg was like, how about he's just a hero? How about we keep him cute? And it backed Joe Dante into a corner because he's like, we only had enough effects for Gizmo for like 20 minutes of film. Because that's all he was supposed to last. Really? So they had to really scramble to make him part of future scenes because all they needed was for him to be Gizmo for 20 minutes and then he was going to be a gremlin. Mm. He was going to be Stripe, I believe. Oh, okay. okay. Almost positive. But because Spielberg had that last minute idea, like, how about we keep him cute and cuddly and something that the kids will root for? Mm-hmm. They kind of had to redo the movie in a way, kind of retool it. Yeah. So that he's a hero who helps foil the monsters. Okay. So that's fine. Yeah. But it was still looked down on yeah. by parents. They, they were mad. And it just happened to be on the heels of Temple of Doom that summer, which... Again, that one really scared the fuck out of kids. Yeah. You know, which yeah. that one, understandably, that's a, the darkest Jones movie. And it's, it's arguably got some pretty fucked up shit. In Definitely it. it does. But that's where PG-13 came from was wow. because of the, again, excess of the 80s, things that we thought were acceptable for audiences and kind of weren't. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I got, I got one that wasn't R. It was an R? It was an R. Okay. But even though it was an R, I don't think it, the way it was made then, I don't think it would be that way today. You think today they'd re-rate it? Yes. Okay. Because the, I think it would be so watered down. And I think even the reason why this is happening would be changed. But that's stand by me. Oh, yeah. I don't think it would be these kids on this adventure who all have these fucked up backgrounds. Really fucked up. That are like you know, on, a, on a hunt for a dead kid, mm-hmm. you know, all, mm-hmm. all the while being stalked and abused by brothers and friends, and bullies, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, and it's or like, even, I mean, or even fucked up junkyard guys who, yeah, you know, I mean, there's because think about, it, I mean, they got a gun, yeah, you yeah. know, oh yeah, kids with guns, yeah, I mean, it's, there's no way it would be like, oh no, sorry, no, it wouldn't happen, nope. it just wouldn't happen. Of course, like when I saw it, I was like, I wish I could do all that. It's a I fun. wish I could go with my friends and like just hike off just and be gone for go, days. Go camp and nobody really give a shit where yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a story about Stand By Me. Okay. My mom rented that one from Myers. Okay. Uh, that's a that's a grocery chain. I don't know if you guys have it out here. No. You didn't know? Okay. No. So maybe it's an East Coast thing. Okay. Myers is just a grocery store. Okay. It's a grocery and home supply thing, but Myers once upon a time had a small video rental store okay and we used to rent movies from there i distinctly remember getting like the masters of the universe movie with dolph lundgren but she rented the new release stand by me and she took it to my grandma's house her mom's which we visited a lot during the summer we would Mm -hmm. just go over there and she rented it for them assuming i wouldn't be interested and i probably wasn't Mm -hmm. so i'm goofing around and i'm playing I just happened to look up as the pie-eating vomit (laughs) sequence begins. And I am so repulsed that I almost throw up. Okay. Mind you, I might have been five. Four or five. It came out in what? 86. 86. So I was four when it came out. If we're we're being conservative, I'd have been five or six when she rented it, depending on when it hit VHS. Yeah. So I'm little, and I'm like... I mean, it had to be 87. Pu- it, right, something you know, like that. Maybe even 88, 87. It had to have been when right. it came out. Because the turnaround between theater and VHS was way long. It was so long. Like a half a year. Yeah, because it wasn't digital. Minimal. It was like tapes they had to create. And, yes. Yeah. So you had to wait to see it. So yeah. yeah, I probably was closer to seven or eight. No, I mean six or seven. Yeah. Um, I was so repulsed. That I almost got sick mm-hmm. right there on the floor mm-hmm. because people are vomiting on each other. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah. And even to this day, so gross. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking gross. Mm-hmm. Um, that stood out. And then I think I left the room, did something else, whatever, came back later. 
Stand By Me is the first film I've ever seen where someone was dead with their eyes open. Oh. Which is entirely not something a kid like me was used to. Yeah. If people died in a movie, it was like Western shit where they clutch their chest and fall over their dead. They look like they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. When they find that body, even to this day, they, they gave the guy who played the corpse those kind of cloudy contact lenses and... He looked like a real dead body, mm -hmm. like legitimately. Yeah. Even though it's an actor. Super it, scarring. Super scarring. Yeah. I was traumatized. Yeah. I really was. I had nightmares for years because that was the most horrifying thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. But again, like you said, that was rated R. It wasn't meant for me anyway. It would but be they, received see, differently. They never alluded to what was really going on in that movie mm -hmm. with like box art. Do you remember the box art? Of the one I remember, it's not like it is today where they, they've changed the box art. Mine was the four silhouettes against the skyline. Yeah. 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 And it's like the tagline. Mm-hmm. There's nothing scary. There's a no. quote from the movie. Oh, yeah. That and silhouettes against the sky is also a throwback to like E.T. Yeah. So you're going to associate it with a kid's adventure. Yeah. Especially director. Oh, Rob Reiner. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect to get what i got out of that because i was i was like probably 10 how'd you react to that movie um i think because of like just my upbringing as far as having substantially older brothers mm -hmm. who i had adapted their humor mm -hmm. i wasn't as like shocked or like oh no you know like right i i was more like oh this is badass yeah you know i, I was like i was that kid who i would love to go out and like try to you know, do what they were doing, mm -hmm. you know? So it didn't really affect. Now I had friends who were a little more on the sheltered side mm -hmm. that I remember having a sleepover one night and renting it. Mm -hmm. And there was like four friends over. We had rented that and like just, I mean, a stack of, of movies. Mm -hmm. We had started like on an easier level, but still kind of traumatic a bit was never ending story. Oh yeah. Because of yeah. the horse and all the that, horse. that, that, you know, so, but it wasn't, it was more fantasy, fun, adventure stuff. Right. You know, and then like going into Three Amigos, I, you know, and, but then like settling on that one, I remember one of the guys literally going, oh, I can't watch this. I, I'm not supposed to watch this. Really? So apparently his parents had already known about it. He just, he wouldn't watch it. Okay. And he like made the phone call to go home. Really? Yeah. And it was almost like an issue where... His mom called my mom the next morning and was just like, I'm not really like too happy, you know, him being able to watch that kind of stuff. Sure. Because we don't want that. And of course, my parents were just like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, you know, it's just like, man, like we were watching like Faces of Death and, you know, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> right. like, okay, you can't watch Stand By Me. Yikes. Right. You know, so it's like maybe he's one of the reasons the decade did change. Possibly. Into what it is today. To Possibly. Wait, make something it more, safe. Something more sanitized. And, and have everyone be happy and okay. Sure. Because you know what? The real world is scary, but it's like, let's just pretend it's not. Yeah. And I, and like I was raised more of a realist where it's just like, no, the world's kind of fucked. Well, th that's what's funny though about Stand By Me in particular. I, I, I revisited as an adult just because I wanted to see the movie that scared me so bad as a kid. You yeah. Know? And I was deeply surprised by how depressed it made me. Mm -hmm. It's a sad movie. It's a very sad it's movie. It's a heavy movie. So even as an adult, like you said, you look at the cover, you read the tagline, you're not getting a fun movie. Mm -mm. It's really not fun. Mm -mm. It's just, it's deep and it's heavy. Even the end when he's recapping what happened to everybody, it's tragic. Awful. It's so sad. And then the movie ends with the song Stand By Me. Yeah. And you're just like, ugh. And it's one of the few movies that I put up there as a beautiful film, an important film, but a emotionally taxing film. I won't just pop on Stand By Me on a lark. It's not a go-to because yeah. I have to be kind of mentally, emotionally prepared for that movie. I get that. Because it's a punch. It's yeah. a real punch in the chest. I get that. And it's just, it's so heavy. It's one of those, you know, you got the one kid who, whether it was really said to him or not, he felt like his dad wished he was dead and mm -hmm. not the 
The good yeah, one. Not the good one with the letter jacket. And it's even sadder because Cusack, who plays the older brother, mm-hmm. he's so good to his younger brother. He's yeah. like the perfect older brother and he's gone. And so you got this kid who's kind of wayward now. And oh, he has no protection. He has no protection. He has no ally. His no. mom is in shock. And yeah. his dad, whether I know at one point, I think it's a nightmare where he's like, it should have been you. That was a nightmare. Yeah. But you don't really get the feeling that that's too. It wasn't a stretch. It wasn't a stretch. He's dealing with it. Right. Yeah. So even when things are good, they're not great. Yeah. Um, and And until they're all together. True. Because those moments like in the treehouse. The treehouse scene. Yeah. The junkyard scene. The junkyard scene. scene. Yeah. Even um, even in the forest. Yeah. And and on top of that, well, the leeches, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you've even got that scene where they're trying to beat the train mm-hmm. across the tracks. Mm-hmm. That's intense. Very. It's not an adventure intense. No. It's like these kids are going to fucking die. Uh-huh. It's not funny. No. I didn't giggle with nervous. Yeah, no. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. It was like. I don't know what this movie's going to do. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to live. I love the line. I think it's River Phoenix who says, we're going to look for a dead body. Maybe this shouldn't be a party. Maybe this shouldn't be fun. It's so real because it grounds it again. We're out here thinking, we're laughing and telling stories and, you know, making fun of each other. And he brings it back and kind of goes, look what we're doing, guys. Maybe this shouldn't be fun. And that always stuck with me because it's true. And it's the, only part in the movie i think where the kids stop and kind of reassess what they're doing like this kind of sucks yeah this is kind of grim we're doing that i mean at the end of the day it wasn't just to find a body for a morbid curiosity it was to claim a reward i think right and it was a kid who was blasted off the tracks by a train yeah. you know it's like that's grisly and horrible mm-hmm. and one of the things that always stood out is one of those little details that that kind of replays when they find the body you see a foot with no shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Just a sock. And it's just a little detail like that. When they could have just had a guy lay on the ground and splash a little blood on him, it knocked him out of his shoe. And it f- there's just, there's something about those details that's like, this feels real. This feels heavy. And I don't think a Stand By Me would come out today the way it was marketed. No. I think I, I almost I almost feel like if it came out today, same movie, same cast, same everything, the marketing would probably be closer to something like Mystic River. Mm-hmm. It would look as heavy as it is. Whereas, you know, our previews had lollipop. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. just it's one of those deals where marketing kind of fucked that movie, even mm-hmm. though it was a success. It was a success. It was. Word it of was. mouth got around. People saw it. They loved it. But even as an adult revisiting it with years in between its yeah. release, I remember turning it off and rewinding it and just kind of sitting on the couch processing what I just saw. Because I was just like, I'm so sad right now. It's just, it, it doesn't feel like an adventure. And again, I, I make it sound like I'm shitting on it. I love the movie. No, you know what? You got something from it. I did. And it's not often a movie moves me that. It's yeah. a moving film. But again, like, in in keeping with our topic, I don't know how well it would fly today. I don't think it, if it I, if I it didn't exist already. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It's just it. It's too much. It wouldn't. And it's too much kids in peril, which is that's a, why it just it wouldn't. It's a big no no. It's not yeah. fun kids in peril like Goonies, where right. they're temple traps and all that good shit. This is heavy real life mental abuse because of what they're dealing with because at of home. What they're, yeah, awful mm-hmm. home lives. All of them. All of them. Yeah, yeah. and just. That's one of the movies that I feel exhausted when it's over. I just feel taxed. And, yeah. uh But in a good way. Like, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But it's not one I run to. I really don't. I have to be in the mood to watch it, you know? No, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, that was a pretty... I don't know if that was a a good thing or a bad thing to end it on such a heavy note. But it's it's relevant. It is relevant. Because that's what the 80s gave us. Yeah. For better or worse... That was a decade that said, you know what might be entertaining? A movie about four kids finding a dead body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to think of the mindset. Mm-hmm. The 80s really had no idea what was going to be entertaining. And we got some really weird gems out of that we did. decade. Yeah, you know? we really did. We really, and really did. And even still, like I mentioned the Back to the Future thing, the weird Freudian thing going on there. 
it doesn't make it any less fun. Oh yeah. I laugh at that movie. It is it's so rousing and fun and mm-hmm. beautiful. It's perfect. Back to the Future. You're a big me, fan, right? Big huge fan. fan. Yeah, yeah. It just to me that's just it's a perfect film. But you boil it down to its essentials. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. It's yeah. not just time travel. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I like I liked it. I did. What Back to the Future? Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it was fun. I don't even own it. You don't own Back to the Future? No. You fuck. Yeah, I, I don't own it. And you should have like three copies of the trilogy up in that loft. I know. And you know what's crazy is I'm, I'm like, eh. Oh my God. I know. It's like, I don't, I don't. My heart. I don't get. Maybe this shouldn't be fun. I don't get the ex- the excitement of it. Really? I like it. It's, I do. It's To fun. me, it's such a staple. It's such and a I'm staple. And I'm not shitting on it. I, I appreciate what it did and sure. what it gave, but it's like. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Wow. I, you know? And, what and makes... I think because of the cloth I came from. Sure. You know, it 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 just it just wasn't that. Like, it wasn't there for me. It didn't do it. You know what surprises me about that, though? It's produced by Spielberg. Yeah. It feels like E.T. It has a feel like E.T. It's got that Spielberg glow. It's but let's be let's be fair. Rousing. Let's be fair. Almost all of his films do. They do, but it's not his film, right? It's a Zemeckis film, but it has to me the same uplift, the same humor. Yeah, that I feel like anyone who loved ET as much as you did would have ate that up. I feel like it's in the same buffet. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to me, it's not too far off vibe wise yeah et's heavier but back to the future i feel like when i'm done with et i'm like what a fucking good movie yeah back to the future same thing what a fucking good movie yeah stand by me wow what a fucking good movie (laughs) you know it's it's just it falls into that bracket where i'm like et and back to the future to me are comfort food I, love, I I get that. It's just I do get that. It transports me and makes me feel like a kid again. And I wouldn't change a button on either film. You know what I mean? Because no. it's just they're perfect. Yeah. To me, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I I do. Like I said, I'm not I'm not knocking. It. I I I used to own it, but it was just like I I just never went back to it to just like throw it on and watch it. How long has it been since you've actually seen it? Any of them, for that matter. I would say 10 years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Where I've actually physically beginning to end. Sure. Watch them. Yeah, because it's probably a, 10 years. They're on TV constantly. Yeah. You know, you probably, catch probably 10 years. Pieces. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I like con- I like the concept. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the movie is great. You know, it is cool. Um, but yeah, it just, it didn't, it didn't grab me in the sense where I was just like, man, this has rewatchability for me really yeah i was like okay one and done i'm cool it was cool, cool. i liked it yeah it's i liked fu- it that's funny yeah, yeah. For, for me it was just like et you know granted I mean, obviously we're talking apples and oranges yeah no i, I but, get what you're saying but i came away from both with that same feeling like i went for such a ride uh, agreed what that a fun time that for sure know. but you know once one ride was enough for me wow <laughs> it was because what i want you to do then as we wrap up yeah I want you to fuck off. No, yeah. (laughs) I think you should do a marathon. Okay. Yeah. Because that's one of the few trilogies that I feel like get better if you watch them back to back. Because from a writing standpoint, boy, did they really, for a continuity purpose, seamless. Yeah. Oh, no. What was it written by Bob Gale? That guy was a fucking genius. And I mean, we're talking yeah. what the second one was made three, four years after the fact. You could watch them all in one loop, just beginning to end. If you took out the credits and just left in the, the title card, it would feel like the same movie beginning to end, even though there's years separating. Them. Okay. And I just I get it to me. I appreciate it for that because I'm a continuity whore, a big one. I didn't even like the fact that Elizabeth Shue was his girlfriend in the second one. Okay. I'm like, it's not the same chick, so it's not the same movie. But I got over it. Yeah. You know, but it was one of those deals where I'm like, that's the only thing that lets me know they reshot that scene because they acted it, dressed, shot it the exact same way. And it's like the continuity between the three films. I think that's Spielberg. 
oh, I'm sure. It started with the script. Mm-hmm. And Bob Gale was like, if we're going to do a part two, we're going to do a lot of the things we did from part one because time repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, it's held, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? He played within his own roles. That is a very perfectly structured film yeah. trilogy. At the end of the day, all three films took place in two days. He didn't get any sleep and he was in three, four different decades. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's it's funny to look at those movies and go from the beginning of part one to the end of part three has been one continuous day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I say, give it a rewatch when you get a chance. And, but try try knocking through them all and see if just as a director or a writer, just kind of go, wow. You know what I mean? I think you I think you'll appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, homework. Yes. All right. Get your books. Get my books. <laughs> well, I think on on that uh, berating, I mean, on that note, yeah. um you son I, of a bitch. I guess we're good for now. Um well, thanks. Eat your stupid Reese's pieces. <laughs> Everything. It was fantastic. Sinisupremus. Penis breath. In the show, penis breath. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that was that was fun. Um, I'm, 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 I can't wait for the next one. Okay. If I'm allowed back, we'll see. So it's your fucking show. We'll see. What, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. All right, man. Well, All right, dude. once again, thanks so much. Until next time. See you guys.